You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Our second reading is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Listen now for the words of God. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold of the grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This, too, is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. I'm not going to lie, you guys. I'm so nervous. (laughs) One of the reasons that I'm nervous is because when I first discovered that the scripture that we were writing the sermon on, or that I was writing the sermon on, was 1 Peter, I thought this was going to be a breeze. In my head, I thought it was just, you know, the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But as... I was reading the scripture and taking notes on different sermons throughout the weeks. I found that I was stuck. Taking notes, I should have known, from Alan Dyer's sermons (laughs) is like being a member of the Little League going against Babe Ruth in his prime. (laughs) And then it hit me. I was missing the story. All of the pastoral staff at First Presbyterian Spartanburg, they're great storytellers. They always have a personal story to tell. Though I look and act older, I'm 16. To some, I've experienced close to nothing. And because of this, I think this is why I couldn't come up with a good story. So, naturally, I got some help from my Grammy, Deborah Lemke, who naturally remembers everything. (laughs) So, she asked me what I wanted to say. And when I told her, she rephrased my words and made them sound ingenious. So what I want to say is I'm 16. I got my first job six months ago. I got my second job about a week after I quit the first. (laughs) And I've been working in my new job for almost a month. Both of these jobs were in the food industry. I've learned a multitude of lessons from the food industry, as you can imagine. But the most important that I've learned is how to navigate quick stress. Quick stress is a term that I myself coined, and it is a dangerous, aggressive, surprisingly sarcastic temperament that takes over a person working in the food industry when all of the guests are angry that their food isn't coming out at the time the waitress promised Everybody's grumpy, everybody's running around looking for something, and surprisingly, miraculously, everything that everyone needs has gone out of stock. (laughs) I found that being kind during quick stress is challenging, especially when you're serving 
a guest who decided to come out in a grumpy mood, which, by the way, don't do that. <laughs> so the question is, how should I respond? This question reminded me of my friend Akiria. My Grammy says that a smile, there she is. <laughs> my Grammy says that a smile is one of the most valuable gifts from God a person can receive. It's a gift that you can share. Akiria shares her gift with everyone she meets and never forgets to thank God for the people she can share her gift with. Isn't that how it should be? What does the Bible say? Let me see. Above all, maintain constant love for one another. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. That's a perfect description of Akiria, if I, in my opinion. When you walk into a restaurant, there's always a host, or usually there's a host. It's a smiling face that greets you as soon as you walk in. We fail to take time to acknowledge that these people are people. They have struggles beyond work, and then they have struggles when they come to work. But she's always smiling. Akira is always smiling, no matter how heavy her dark cloud is. She succeeds in making the guests feel welcomed because she takes her sermon with her. Akira attends church for at least six hours every Sunday. She goes to morning church from 9.30 to 12, and then she goes back in the evening for another dose at 5.00. Let's be honest. How many of us in this congregation spend more than three hours at church every Sunday? John Daniel, okay. You're, I wasn't asking you. <laughs> it's amazing. She doesn't just leave the sermon in the sanctuary. She takes it with her and she lives it. She embodies the word of God. And that's a beautiful thing. I know you've seen them. But do you remember the WWJD bracelets from the 90s? What would Jesus do? Not what John Daniel would do, but what would Jesus do? I think these bracelets are a good reminder of how we should respond to a grumpy guest or an unknown guest. Looking back at the scripture, 1 Peter was written by the Apostle Peter, one of Jesus' closest followers. So when we don't know the answer to the question, what would Jesus do, if not Jesus himself, one of his closest friends, a man that chose to follow him even during the tough times, even during the quick stress of life, he gives us a direct answer. Love your neighbor, be hospitable to strangers, and employ your gifts in the name of God. Oh yeah, we got the short end and the biblical stick. It's easy enough to say we can do that from here, in this place, sitting in these chairs, listening to me speak, but when we leave out those doors, who are we? How do we treat people? And are we living our sermon? I know I would personally love to say that I'm following Peter's guidelines to the T. I would love to say it's easy to be kind all the time, but that's just not true. Stuff happens, we're human, and thank God we're forgiven for that. Because being kind won't always come easy, especially to strangers especially to people in a bad mood. But I remember being the stranger. A couple years back, not too long ago actually, I was so shy. I remember being at a restaurant and I would have to whisper in my mom's ear what I wanted to order. 
Heaven forbid, she asked, the waitress asked, what sauce I wanted for my nuggets. <laughs> and then COVID hit. And all progress I made into coming into myself as a person withered. It felt like hope withered. And I'll be honest, my faith in God withered. I'm sure we can relate. I'm sure we all had some depression going on. Some of my habits were I would lock myself in my room, board up my windows, quite literally, and sleep for 13 to 15 hours a day. And when I wasn't sleeping, I was in my bed with my eyes closed because I hated being awake. And then we decided it would be best for me to move in with my Grammy, Deborah Linke. She gave me boundaries. Because of this, I developed a liking to the light of day because she gave me boundaries. She couldn't, I couldn't board up my windows. In fact, I've never seen her window blinds closed. I couldn't sleep for 13 to 15 hours a day, just to help the eight or nine. <laughs> I developed hobbies. I developed a liking being awake. So when we read the Bible, first Peter, Peter gives us boundaries. And what happens? We begin to live in the light. Another good thing that came from my residence at my Grammy's house is my church family. It was hard being the minority at first, being the youngest among a lot of people and being a different color than a lot of people can be challenging and intimidating. But as I employed my gift from God, my smile, I began to be the recipient of Peter's words. It's not just a one-sided thing. I was a stranger, but I was not an outcast, and I have you all to thank for that. I was welcomed with zero hesitation. One afternoon a few years ago, I attended a small gathering of ladies folding palms for Palm Sunday with my Grammy, just in that room, that dining room back there. It didn't take much analyzing to realize that I was the minority. I was the youngest. I was a different color. My hair was curly. But as expected from this congregation, no one turned their head in disgust. If anything, they stopped what they were doing to invite me with a welcoming smile. Mrs. Marsha Calvert was one of these smiling faces. She welcomed me in to sit with her almost immediately. Her circle of people, her circle of ladies, they were giggling. They had obviously been friends for years. She invited me in. Without a second thought, she invited me to sit with her ladies. And soon I was giggling too. It was easy to giggle. I was comfortable because I shared a smile and I got one back. Although the love and acceptance in this church is undeniable. I mean, take a look at our ministries. We have winter warmth, we have cast, we have meal ministry. And I mean, keep it up, we're doing a great job. <laughs> I wonder who we are when we leave. When it's me, myself, and I, are we smiling? In this place, we learn how to be a community. So when we leave, do we apply our knowledge? Do we live the sermon? We are given the opportunity through life, through everyday life, we're given the opportunity to be kind. There is not a day where you don't have an opportunity to smile. Minister to a stranger. You have an opportunity. So, 
If throughout the week you find it difficult to be kind or you can't find an answer to the question, what would Jesus do? Just smile. Even during the quick stress of life, smile. And I'm sure God will give you an answer. Amen.